0: This episode of this podcast is making me thirsty is brought to you by Pendant Publishing. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty, the number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This episode 60, our guest today is Lisa Pesha. Lisa played Elaine's coworker and friend, Joanne. In four season five episodes of Seinfeld, The Masseuse, Cigar Star Indian, Fire, and The Raincoats. Thank you for listening. If you dig it, pass it on. Follow us on Twitter at This Thirsty. Subscribe on YouTube. Emails at this podcast is making me thirsty at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. This podcast is making me thirsty. Episode 60. Lisa Pesha.
1: Welcome to this podcast. is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans is episode sixty. Today we welcome a veteran actress, director, producer, and teacher. Uh, you know her from uh, TV's The Mentalist, Cold Case, Criminal Mind, Without a Trace, Curvy Enthusiasm, and of course as Joanne, Elaine's co-worker and friend in several classic season five episodes of Seinfeld. Please welcome Lisa Pesha. Lisa, thanks for joining.
2: Hi. You've done your homework. <laughs> you know my whole resume. That's
3: right, we're pros. <laughs> we love your website, Lisa. Well, listen, welcome to this oh, podcast. Yeah. Is making me thirsty.
2: Okay.
3: Um, as Tony introduced you were Joanne, but actually you you start off as Lisa uh, on the first right. episode of Seinfeld. But take us back, 1993. Obviously, you were a seasoned um, actor, but tell us a little bit how the how the role came about. Um, 1993, season five of Seinfeld.
2: I wasn't a seasoned actor um, and um, I had just done, I, I got a late start. So I had just done my first job, which was a lead in um, a Roger Corman movie. Um, and uh, let me just back up for a second. So I worked as a waitress at the comedy <laughs> store
3: oh,
1: okay.
2: uh, in the early eighties. That we was when been-
3: I- Did I say season actress? I meant season waitress. (laughs) (laughs) At the comedy store, really? In the early 80s?
2: In the early 80s, which was, you know, the heyday. And um, and... it was my first job in L.A. I had just gotten there. And that's where I met Jerry and Larry David and all those guys. David Letterman was there. You know, Jay Leno, Michael Keaton was doing stand-up. Yeah. Um, you know everybody um Paul Mooney rest That's in right peace. Now. he passed today uh, he was there, Richard Pryor used to pop in um you know, so it was it was a great time anyhow um, I was only there for a couple of years, but I made friends with you know some of the comics, and um, I had just gotten this first break in this movie, which was in eighty nine and it didn't go on cable. It was one of these, you know, it was a Roger Corman. It was a ripoff of Fatal Attraction. And uh, it ended up on all the cable stations back then, you know, Cinemax, Showtime, it was on HBO. It was on- They just kept rotating it, you know, on all right. these late night, you know, things. And actually that's what I discovered is that a lot of the casting people were just sitting at home watching TV late at night And all of a sudden, because of that, people knew who I was. And so I started getting a lot of auditions. Um, And this one audition, I was on the lot of CBS Radford and I ran into Larry. He was like, he had already started Seinfeld, I think it was maybe like one year or something. And we were talking and he was like, so what are you doing? And I said, well, I got this thing, you know, and, the next day he brought me in to audition for Seinfeld. I didn't ask wow. him to, I mean, you know, I just was genuinely happy for him. And, you know, we had a nice conversation. I didn't say, hey, get me in on the show or anything. I didn't even know anything about the show. So uh, he just, he brought me in and uh, I didn't get it. I was an idiot. I was like, that's why I say not seasoned uh, because I was so nervous that uh, at the end of the audition, I think it was for one of Jason's girlfriends or something. And at the end of the audition, they were just looking at me <laughs> and I knew I was supposed to do something, <laughs> I didn't know what, you know, try to be funny or something. And right. I'm not, I'm not really a funny person. Um, and I started doing a tap. tap. <laughs> and they must've thought, oh, she is like, Totally a maniac. She's just out of her mind. Uh so I didn't get that. But then they called me in for the other thing and um and they just brought me in as Lisa because they knew me as Lisa. You know, Larry knew me as Lisa. Right, right. So they they brought me in for that. And then, and I think that was I actually did my homework too. Wait a minute. Oh yeah, that was the that was the cigar store Indian. That was the first one
1: okay so that was shot that wasn't the first one that aired that you were in but that was the first one you shot it sounds like because the masseuse yeah the masseuse aired before the cigars are indian but they could have shot it out of order we found out that they do shoot these things out of order you know oh
2: so you guys know more about it than i do
1: the season finale we were just oh i was just telling was shot you know first and so oh interesting out of order but um I'm interested in the comedy store actress gig. Was that something you just, you were looking for a gig or you knew, let me go to the comedy store and meet some people that are, you know, it's a fun place to work. No, I needed
2: a, I needed a job and I thought, well, I'm a pretty unfunny person. This would probably be good for me as an actress, you know, to right, learn to something it. about comedy. Yeah. Very and cool.
1: look what it did. Know, it landed you, uh, yeah, you, you know, meeting Larry David and
2: yeah, well, he was struggling. I mean, he didn't, you know, he was doing stand up. So yeah it was pretty equal footing, but, um, the waitresses used to play a game. Uh, I can name that comic in one sentence. I can name that comic in one word. I can name that comic in one, you know, because we all heard the acts so many times that, you know, we had them. So what was,
3: what was Seinfeld? I mean, so that was like late eighties. You, you kind of met him. I know early. He, early, early, oh, early. So he, he's been on Carson though, right. He kind of got a foothold there a little bit. So what, what's the one word for Jerry, I guess the the waitress would say?
2: No clue. I mean, there were only certain ones that I remembered. I, I mean, I think at the time, actually, I sort of have a memory that Jerry was doing Vegas then.
1: Mm.
2: I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, I didn't have the same kind of connection <clears throat> with him that I did with Larry.
3: Right. Uh, well, I mean, that's good because from everyone we talk to, Larry is kind of the, you know, the meat and potatoes of the show. He kind of ran the yeah. whole thing, but what's super interesting is all four of your episodes and you were on season five, which is probably our favorite season.
1: Yeah. because today
3: it's our favorite season. It could change, no, no. but it's the, is... it, it's the pinnacle, but all four episodes were written by people other than Larry David. So I'm just curious how involved, how involved was he on the set? What, what do you, what do you remember um, from each episode?
2: Well, I have one distinct memory. I mean, in the beginning, you know, not so much. I just said hi, whatever. He had Tom Sharonis as the director. And, you know, I think what he was, uh, you know, Larry would be up in the booth and he'd be giving direction down to Tom and Tom would relay it, you know. Um, And most of my stuff was with Elaine, you know, so I wasn't wasn't ever really with Jerry. the funny the funny interaction is because uh, when we did Close Talker, which is not Close Talker, it's called Raincoats.
1: Yeah, yeah, with Judge Reinhold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't, I and can't know how you kept the straight face in the, any of those scenes.
2: <laughs> oh, we, what do you mean when he, when he, like, comes Yeah, when he gets, in like, right face? up your face? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was the thing. That was the time when Larry came down from the booth. So what happened was, um, you know, we were doing the scene, and the first time he did it, I reacted just naturally, like you said. It was it was hard not to react, and I just slammed myself back like this because he got so close to my face that I slammed back and I hit the wall. <laughs> Larry came down, and he said, "What are you doing, shtick?"
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but they kept that. That was the shot that they used. So um, yeah. Yeah,
1: you—you—it's you, interesting. You said before that you didn't think you were funny, or you didn't have a—but I thought, I mean, every line you delivered was funny. The—I mean, you know, like wouldn't sleep on the back to him. You know, poor kid, what an ordeal. Like, you're lucky. You—you you were like you're almost like Elaine's nemesis. You know, you're yes. like, I look at almost yeah. like, you're like Elaine's Newman, even though it was yeah. only a couple of episodes, yeah, where you, no. but just by saying one lie, you said exactly what was going to bother her. It was like, Oh, you must be so lucky. Meanwhile, she hated the guy. And well, like, you know, like that kind of thing it was interesting. That
2: was that was the thing you said they were out of order, but yeah, the first one I shot was cigar store Indian. And then it was uh, Joel Ripken, uh, which is yeah, yeah. the, the masseuse, masseuse, right? Yeah. And so that, I mean I just listen I was studying acting and I just it, it's not like it's not like Seinfeld was set up like one of these yuck yuck kind of shows you know right. where you have to deliver a punchline or something like I mean you don't I shouldn't say that. I don't know what I'm talking about, but basically. No, you're
1: 100% right. It's not set up, It's not set up joke, set up, joke, right? Like most sitcoms are. Right,
2: right? And, it, and it's more based in a real situation. It's the classic idea of what a sitcom is because it's actual situational comedy. And so in that particular situation, I was needling her. And, you know, I just, you know, when she said uh, dating Joel Rifkin, I was like, oh, you better be careful. You know, kind of thing. I mean, that just was like my normal reaction. But I guess what I'm saying when I say I'm not funny, I'm, I'm not a comic, you know, I mean, I was lucky that I was paired with Elaine, and I got along really well with Jason because they're both actors, you know, I mean, Elaine Moore came from an improvisational background, but definitely jason was more theatrical and um i felt at home there you know but when i'd get around like michael richards who used to be at the comedy store also
1: right
2: you know that's just like a different a different world for me you know and also jerry you know it was a little intimidating to be around those guys
3: well yeah listen funny's funny and you were funny and it's interesting. You, you were working at Pendant Publishing, right? A, a far cry from the waitressing days. So you were like that, you know, that office nemesis of, yeah. um, of Elaine, but you interacted with it. Like, so, so just take me back again. So you, you had the audition early. Was that for a different season and then, remember what year that was? Cause so se- season five, I mean, that it moved to Thursday nights. So it was kind of on all cylinders. Um, when you tried out was it for that one episode or did you did you know you were going to do like four episodes
2: oh no it was just for the one it was just for the one episode so then when i bombed on that first time and then they brought me back for the second one uh and they booked me for cigar store indian then after that i don't know i didn't have that much to do in that episode but they just—I don't know—they—they they, Larry probably said, "Oh, bring her back." You know, she can do another thing. And if you notice, let's see.
3: Yeah, you—I don't—you didn't have any lines. Of scar. you were just kind of playing poker with like Kimberly Guerrero, Peggy Lane, Anna yeah, Lane, Peggy. right?
2: Yeah.
3: Um, yeah. and then from there, you had—I think you the uh, obviously the uh, the masseuse. You had that the Joel Rifkin
1: stuff, yeah. which.
2: And that was uh-huh. where they started pairing me with Hiram Caston. Do you know? Yes,
1: yes, yeah, Have yeah.
2: you talked to him yet?
1: Not no. yet, but we're interested. Because
2: I wrote him and I said, "Hey, I'm doing this podcast. You know, do you want me to connect you to these guys?" <laughs> and he wrote back and he said, "Yes." Nice. And and, and then um. And then uh, I said, "Okay, I don't have your email. Send me your email." And he he, I got this weird like spam thing, you know. And then I wondered whether he was hacked or I don't know what happened. So I got to. We'll
3: we'll figure it out. at least, and if you if you could do the same with Larry David, that would go a long (laughs) way. If
2: if I could do that for myself, I would. Yeah, yeah.
1: Although, actually, you you know,
2: he also hired me on Curb Your Yeah. yeah,
1: That was one of our questions. Why don't we? Why why you're on it? Yeah, how did that come about? He just said, "Well, because I I had."
2: I had done the the four episodes of Seinfeld, and you know you get your residual checks, and the residual checks back then were quite large. You know, as let's see, what year was Curb? What year did Curb start? Uh, Around
3: Curb started in two thousand, I thought. Yeah, but you were on in what twenty eleven? According know. to IMDb, but Anyways. you were on. Yeah, you were in Seinfeld in ninety three, ninety four. Well, let me ask you this. Do the residuals stay the same?
2: No, they get smaller and smaller and smaller. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I had a question. Uh, although that. that's why Hiram and I have been communicating lately because I don't know if you saw, <laughs> but Seinfeld signed a big deal with uh, Netflix. Netflix. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and Viacom.
2: Okay. And, and um, uh, SAG, you know, our union... Uh, made some kind of deal this year or last year for uh, uh, media, for new media streaming for the actors. And so I said to Hiram, you know, we should see some cash for this. I think I think you know this is going to be good once it goes to Netflix. So every once in a while, he'll he'll write me and he'll say, "Have you gotten any money yet?"
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, oh
2: wait, let me let me just good. back up for a second, Go just uh, because it's interesting what they what they did with me. They started pairing me with Hiram, and Hiram is a stand-up comic. But Hiram did not intimidate me. Hiram and I worked well together, and. And I think it was like, they felt like he would kind of keep me in check. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like he would keep me. And so then they did the same thing on Curb. They hooked me up with this other guy, Wade Kelly. Do you know Wade? Have you heard of Wade Kelly?
1: No, I'm not sure, no.
2: He's He's an improvisational actor. More than a stand-up, but uh, anyway. So he was my partner there. So they're always hooking me up with these guys that have a little bit more comedy background than I do, you know. Um, but anyhow, uh, wait. So where was I? Oh, on curb. So I took all my. You know, when you get your residual check, you get like the check, and then it's attached to the to the uh, breakdown, you know, the thing. So I took all a bunch of those. And I put them on top of each other like a collage, Xeroxed it, took a uh black magic marker, and wrote, Hey Larry, I love my Seinfeld residuals. Now I want some from Curb. Love- <laughs> and I think back then, I don't know when I sent it, but I think I faxed it to his office because he had he had an office over here in Santa Monica. So I faxed, I don't know if he really got it, but But then after that, I saw that they were casting for women in L.A. because that season that I was in, they were shooting mostly in New York and uh, they had these few episodes where they were going to be in L.A. So somehow I got his email and I'm not sure how I got his email, but it wasn't I don't think it was really him. So I can't I can't hook you guys up I think it was coveted. I I know. I think it was like an assistant or something because I've tried to use it again and it doesn't really go anywhere. Uh, But at the time, I connected to somebody and I said, hey, I'm here. I'm available for some of those women in L.A., you know, for the show. And uh, Larry brought me in uh, pretty much right away. He actually responded and he said, yeah, sure, you know, let's get you in. And I heard you guys do an interview with another actor where he was talking about the audition process and he was saying something about how uh, they overreacted. I don't know if you remember. It was one of the ones I watched. Of yeah, your, I think that
1: might be um, Pat Finn. I think it might have been Pat Finn.
2: Well, you were saying you were saying something. He was saying something about how, you know, they were so happy to see him that it was almost shocking, you know, that they reacted that way. So when I, you know, with the curb auditions, they don't tell you anything. You arrive at the, at the place, at the audition, and they give you a little strip of paper that is basically printed out. Uh, the situation is uh, you're at home, you get a knock on the door, it's Larry and, you know, something, something. And that's all you know. And then you walk into the audition and it's this massive room, or it was this massive room with a huge, like you know, semicircle of people sitting in chairs, and in the center, Larry's standing there and on the stage, you know. So you've got you've got this thing, wow. right? This semicircle, and then Larry's standing there, and you walk up to Larry, and you just start, you know, you just do the thing, but when I came in, Larry gave me a huge hug. So good to see you. It's, you know, he was so just lovely and gracious, like no time had passed. And I think the people in the room were looking at him like, who is she? You know, <laughs> why, why are you hugging her? You know? Um, anyway, it, it was fun. It was, I just started yelling and screaming at him
1: that's incredible i mean that's so great to hear how generous he was too oh Uh, he's
2: so so wonderful he's and so is larry charles i gotta say you know that's how i came upon you guys was because i follow larry on twitter
1: okay uh
2: larry he wrote the
1: fire episode that you were in
2: yes and he was he and it was larry david larry charles and uh melman peter melman peter
1: melman yeah we had him on
2: yeah those three were the most i would say supportive and uh gracious to me generous that's
1: great to hear because they're they're top three for us
3: yeah like take so take us through like a day and like the interactions with a larry char larry charles or a melman like on set can you give us a little like insight into like a typical week of you know the fire for instance I mean, how, like how like I guess my question is, how involved is Larry Charles in the, He's the episode? writer of that set? Is, yeah.
1: right? is, is it just Sharon's and Larry David running the show at that point, or is he also getting involved because he wrote it? That's what you're getting, that right? You
2: know, my memory. Listen, eh, <laughs> my memory, my memory is, you know, uh, I mean, you got to take into account. I was a little coming from the point of view of being a little fish out of water, you know, on this set. Uh but what I remember is, you know, hanging out at the craft service, there the writers would always be kind of wandering around, you know, it wasn't like they were in one place where you could just, you know, grab them and start talking, you know, but they'd be standing watching a scene or getting something to eat and you know, you just, it, it's like, you don't want to be obnoxious, you know, you don't want to like push yourself on somebody. So, um, you know, if it felt like they wanted to talk, you talk. And, you know, I just remember connecting with Larry and I, I connected with him again on Curb. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh Larry David was hysterical because it was a funeral scene.
1: Yeah. And,
2: and uh, you know, smiley face, you know the premise of the show, yeah, when he's got face. the
1: smiley face on his head with the las yeah. L- yeah.
2: yeah 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 and and then I just start railing at him. I mean, what got cut was this whole scene of me go explaining to larry the significance of using a smiley face in your communication that it was a way that you know softens your communication and therefore it's important you know to be able to get you know i it's I all
1: ad-libbed through, right you're doing that um, whole it's all ad-lib yeah, too yeah, yeah
2: yeah and i heard uh the producers in the back you know behind the video camera i heard them laughing hysterically and i thought Oh, this is going to be great. You know, I'm going to have this whole scene, you know, kind of thing and then it ended up it was only a couple of lines, you know, but whatever.
1: <laughs> Did Anyway, you- what I was
2: what I was going to tell you is that when we were doing that was the that was the milling around part of the funeral and then the other part of of the funeral was uh when we were actually seated, you know, in the pews at the funeral. So Larry was seated behind me. Um a few rows behind me. And when we would go when we it would be in between takes, he wanted to talk about um uh ancestry.com. So, so I was I was afraid of getting into trouble, you know, because I didn't I didn't want to appear like I was, you know, just screwing around. So he'd be like asking me questions about ancestry, you know am i am i really italian do i know do i know my italian heritage you know and blah 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 <laughs> anyway it was funny it's not so funny now but it no, was it's funny.
1: hilarious i mean it's <laughs> just i could picture him just not you know especially in between takes and and you're trying to you know at least concentrate on the what you're there for kind of thing yeah. he's of the show so you know you're all right no yeah. matter what he's doing right
2: he just wants to catch up exactly conversation yeah
1: um was there anything like so that you were in four episodes of was there anything like that in the Seinfeld set where it was deleted scenes or anything like that with his background stuff I mean I, I was curious because you were in you were in four episodes and you were just talking before about like um, residuals and things like that like I wonder you know it almost worked out for you maybe in a way that you didn't get the girlfriend job and just being one episode that's where they true. brought you back for four, you know, and, That's true. and, um, you know, I'm also curious, you know, the second part of that, cause you were brought back for four. You're, you're, you know, pretty much any scene in Elaine's work, you're going to be there. You and, you and, um, you know, uh, Hiram, is that pronounce his name? Hiram. Uh, Hiram. You and Hiram are basically going to be almost in every scene where they're at pendant, you know, but then she loses the pendant job at the end of season five. So I wonder if you did they did they come to you and say, you know, she's getting a different job, you're not gonna be back, or was it more just like you were just it was the end of the season and then you just weren't brought back or
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess. I guess <laughs> we didn't really have a conversation about it, but that's that makes <laughs> what? Total sense. That's
1: crazy uh, to me. That, that's crazy to me. They wouldn't at least like let you know like we're not I know you weren't officially, I guess, on for a certain amount of episodes, no. but it was just like so when they wanted you, they called you for those other three.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. It, it wasn't it was, like you're on for four. Always-
2: yeah, it was like a pleasant surprise. I mean, oh, okay. look, I, I was a reoccurring on uh, General Hospital and and Days of Our Lives, too. Right. And in one of them, I can't remember which one, I was playing a hooker. And and then they brought me back as a cop's wife. And then, you know, they just right. they, like they, you know, whatever. If they like you, they just bring you back for wherever they can use you. You know, they mm. all know everybody wants to work. So, you know what I mean? It's like they bring yeah. you
3: back. But well, you know, there's no, there's no General Hospital podcast. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're crazy. So, <laughs> yeah. We're, so here's a, you know, the I mean, you were. I mean, you were in four like literally iconic episodes. Like I don't know. Like maybe you don't think about that, but we do. But um
2: yeah, twenty eight million
1: people were watching this thing too, so it wasn't like uh, you know
2: what that was. It that? was twenty
1: million people watching it too. So when I was there, so yeah. It's, well, first
2: yeah. Talker was nominated for an Emmy
3: yes yes so i guess yeah, let me ask you what was your what was your favorite of the four that
2: the, you were
3: the close talking? talker
1: the
2: close talker yeah that was an hour
1: episode we had um melanie yeah. smith on who was also in that episode um and that's a two-parter that was an hour long i don't know um that had anything to do with it but it's, it's definitely one of our favorites. and that was so
3: that was written by gamel and pros yeah. they were they wrote the raincoats um, and the cigar store Indian, and then uh, Melman wrote the masseuse, and Larry Charles obviously wrote wrote the fire. Yeah, was so a heavy yeah, it is mean, right there. It just just every All right, and Lisa, you, you you mentioned this. I don't know why want to we get a little personal here, but you also dated an old uh, Seinfeld alum, the Calzone guy
2: i married him yeah no! I thought, that's what i thought i'm like what do you
1: mean dated i thought you married him <laughs> I
2: did date him first yeah that's true i dated him and then i married him that's you just guys, you, you are gonna great. meet him soon right yeah, that's you're
3: right.
2: right. That's... He's later
3: prim- seinfeld i'll stop you are very funny but here's the thing he was in later seinfeld you were in you were in you're prime in prime. Yeah. prime season
1: yeah, five. Prime. i actually
2: had to look that up I, he was ninety six.
1: Yeah, season right? seven. Yeah, season seven.
2: Yeah, ninety-six. I made notes.
1: <laughs> so, a, it, it is a good season seven episode. I like it. I'll, I'll a little sour on it, but yeah. Yeah, he, he was in a good episode, he for, a good sure. episode yeah,
2: for sure. Oh, um, it was funny. He was, he was great. He was. he was. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think and and we talk about this with a lot of guests. I think that's the beauty of this show, right? Letting like guest stars shine. Um and you certainly did. I know you're you're very modest about it, but I think you know, your scenes were just we all remember them and they really shine. I think that was that was evident throughout Seinfeld. And I think Larry and Jerry made that a, a like a key, a key piece of, of everyone on the set. Like, but you felt that right. I mean, top, you yeah. felt that you could kind of do your thing and you didn't have to, like, be reserved in any in any. Way, shape or form well, i
2: I think that's why I liked uh raincoats the best because I did feel in that episode like i could i mean I felt that way with the Joel Rifkin thing too, but that's very kind of you to say I think in those two, I don't really remember the other one the um uh which which is it the fire the fire uh you know what I remember is meeting John Fevreau in the parking lot as I was leaving in my car and and saying hey i didn't know you were the one in the class you know that kind of thing right, yeah right, right um uh but uh i mean all i did in that you guys even quoted the line to me but it was uh, all i did in that was come in and tell elaine what happened you know right. kramer found the toe and then it. Right.
1: right right on, but you again that's, you're doing that, such a great job like doing that that is going to get the, that gets the laugh because you know it's bothering elaine so much and the way you're delivered like
2: Okay. Dr. Well, that's, Daniel, uh, that's great. Wow. You guys are, you guys are making me feel good. So <laughs> and I
1: think, were you, yeah, were you, I'm trying to think with your, um, he's a judge Reinhold and John Favreau, but John Favreau wasn't John Favreau. He wasn't.
2: And, and who could tell who he was in the clown suit? Right, I mean, right. you never saw him.
1: So. Melanie Charnoff who was also in that episode. Yeah. And George's,
3: we talked yeah. About and, and, and Melanie, uh, Melanie Smith was in, uh, the raincoats. Yeah. I mean, there's just a, a cast of characters, like I said, that, they always have the ability to shine, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you talking about Ken Kramer saved th-? it was just like it was just like perfect. Like and I think you were cast perfectly, and I think Tony brought up earlier. I think it was probably a good thing that you didn't get that initial girlfriend role that might have just fizzled yeah, out.
2: That, I didn't even think about that. That's a, a great point. Yeah, that's really that's really interesting. Yeah.
3: So Lisa, what are you, uh, what are you up to these days? I know you're doing, you're, you're still involved in acting. I know you're doing a lot of teaching. What else, um, what else are you doing these days?
2: Uh, well, actually I, I, it's, I, I was going to tell you the story, but, um, I got Cruella DeVille hair, as you see, I've been, that was my big project during the pandemic was letting my hair grow out. Cause I think I'm going to go back blonde as I was in Seinfeld. Um, I, during the pandemic, I was completely antisocial, and I don't know how you guys fared. Were you okay? Did you do well? Yeah,
1: yeah for the most part, but it was, you know, that's why we, we started this pretty much when the pandemic hit, kind of as a thing to keep us, you know. To do. Yeah, exactly.
2: Are you are you both in New York? Yeah, I was
1: in Jersey, but yeah, we're pretty much in New York New Jersey area
2: so i I was really happy just staying in i I was really enjoying not have to deal you know with anything, and so I told my agent uh don't submit me on anything because I would see pictures of my friends on Facebook, or whatever I'm working, it's the pandemic I'm working, and they'd have the mask on and the shield on, and the whole thing and I just thought that does not look like fun to me. that looks terrible, you know." and yeah. i don't feel safe and i don't want to do it and my hair's weird and you know i'm just not going to do it so right when i got my first vaccine get your vaccine right when i got my first vaccine um i got a call from my agent two auditions back to back i hadn't even told him that i had been vaccinated yet it's like psychically he just picked up on it right and uh, one of them was for this new show, Hacks, which is Jean Smart. I don't know if you've seen that, it's on HBO Max.
3: Yeah, yeah, you very see cool. It? Have you seen it? I've seen some clips and stuff about it, but yeah.
2: Yeah, she's unbelievable. So anyway, I, I ended up doing a self-tape. You see, I got my whole set back here, yeah. you know, the whole thing, right? And uh, learned how to do that, got my hair together, hid the brown. It was much longer, you know, did a whole thing with the silver and uh, booked a job. And it was a small part. It was one scene with Jean and with also, I don't know if you know this actress, Jane Adams. It was Jean Smart, Jane Adams, and uh, this young girl who plays uh, the kind of, you know, uh, what do you call it?
1: Caitlin Olson know. was it or no? What? Was it Caitlin Olson? The no, from, that she uh, plays
2: I think she plays the daughter. Saying? Uh okay. it's Hannah Einbinder who actually is the daughter. I just found out the daughter of Lorraine Newman, I think. Oh, wow. Um but I mean don't quote me on that cuz I don't know for sure, but I thought I I just read that which was interesting. She's a young girl and she ends up mentoring Gene Smart, who's, you know, 69. Right. So this young, this young, hip, edgy comic is mentoring. So again, it's comics, right? Because Gene Smart is playing like a Joan Rivers kind of character,
0: yep. right, in yeah. Vegas.
2: Anyhow, another funeral scene. <laughs> but I just, I was like, okay, it's a small part, you know, whatever. I don't care. It's the pandemic. I'm going to do it. I'm going to have fun. I got there. It was the greatest experience. I mean, it just turned everything around for me. You know how I'm always feeling. I don't feel funny. I'm not funny. I didn't feel funny there either, but the way it unfolded, they had us do a ton of improvisation. So I have no idea how much I'm going to be in this and, or how little or what the deal is, but it was, it was so, uh, like supportive and and you just as an actor felt free to you know like we were just talking about with the close talker and all that to you know do things to like follow whatever instinct you have you know and uh Gene Smart could not she's my new hero she she's a real salt of the earth funny you know she's sexy she's she's great uh and i don't know i had a great time so
1: that's so great to hear this show is yeah. getting a ton of great uh reviews too from what i'm seeing i, I haven't it? seen it yet but i'm gonna check it out yeah it's getting. it's I've, like i so i've seen it hyped a lot i just haven't got a chance around to see it yet well um, all the
2: all the producers and directors are super young they're all uh like in their 20s maybe early 30s um and they all come from improvisation you know, I think Comedy Central—they've done a lot of yeah, shows. Yeah, Broad
1: City. I'm looking. Broad at, City.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I know yeah.
1: Lisa, we're we're too busy watching
3: Seinfeld reruns. <laughs> <running.
1: We gotta, laughs>
2: yeah, you are. You got to keep up with all the trivia. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: we're, we're we're in a middle. We're going through a midlife crisis doing a uh, Seinfeld you know, podcast.
3: You know, here's the thing, Lisa. I think what you taught us is like you never know what life's going to throw at you. You never know who you're going to meet in a parking lot or who you're going to serve a burger to in a comedy club. And I think like you stayed true to yourself and um, you've had a hell of a run and uh, we're really proud of you. And we're we're so glad you you joined us for a few minutes tonight.
2: Oh, you're awfully sweet. Not bad for a girl from a small town in North Carolina, huh?
1: (laughs) That's right. Amen. Thank you so much, Lisa. We're going to check out uh, Hacks for sure now. And uh, I'm glad to hear that, uh, you know, that came about. You had so much fun on it. It's awesome.
3: And like I said, Lisa, when that Larry David email, you know, pops up, you just shoot yeah. that. up.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. As soon as I nail it down, I will. Yes. Um, you guys were great. You were really fun. And uh, you know, you have to tell me how it goes with my ex.
3: <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll do. He Thank
2: likes you, to Lisa. talk. I mean, I know I said I wouldn't have that much to talk about, but you guys made it easy and I did a lot of talking. <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, he's going to be like 10 times worse. He's going <laughs> to talk. So. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Very Thanks, cool. Lisa.
3: It Thank
2: was fun so much. talking yeah, to you. You too.
1: Have
0: a day take later. care.
2: Bye.
3: Bye. Bye.